Welcome to Tama Talks, where we ask those involved in restaurant technology and innovation to share their story and help us inspire others. I'm your host, Tama Lee, and today I'm joined by Catherine Dalton, who is from Xenial. Welcome, Catherine. It's great to have you here with me today. Thank you so much, Tama. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. So to get us started, do you mind telling us a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do for Xenial? Absolutely. Um, my name is Catherine Dalton, and I have been in the marketing analytics space for about 10 years, uh, focusing on how we use analytics to empower restaurant operators and make them more profitable and make them happier in their lives. <laughs> and the more and more I learned about Xenial and global payments, the more and more I felt like that is a mission that really aligns with mine. It's all about helping these restaurant operators <laughs> live their best lives in so many ways. And I was um, just thrilled to join this team. Well, as you know, here at Tama Talks, we are focusing on innovation during this series. So can you tell me a little bit about what that word means for you and how you foster it for yourself and with others on the Xenial team? Yeah, absolutely. That's such a great question. So I think in some ways it goes back to my roots as uh a lucky enough person to live through a lot of startups. <laughs> so early in the day, my first career, I focused a lot on business development and marketing and, and got to work with some technology startups. And innovation was 100% the name of the game for all of those. They always had a cutting edge idea and they were trying to bring it to fruition. So I could see a lot of successes and a lot of failures <laughs> as a lot of companies clamor to do that. And, and then I was lucky enough about 10 years ago to work with what was at the time a startup and turned into uh, a formidable company, Zar Metrics. And at Zar Metrics, we were led by Mike Lukianoff, who was, I mean, innovator, capital I, maybe even capital I and N O, etc., um, who was always looking at the next generation way to do everything, to make it smarter, faster, more efficient, seamless, but still with the ultimate goal of how does that help our end user? How does that help the client? How does that help the customer? And I think that that's where it all sort of came together for me. And I could see innovation as yet another step in helping our end user, our client, our customer uh, get what they need, solve their problems, uh, solve their pain points. So to me, innovation is looking for the better way to do it, but still with that ultimate goal of, of helping in mind. Is there a process that you've seen really work? In terms of fostering innovation, I know you talked about Mike Lukianoff and how he really championed it, but is there something that you see company-wide that you may use or uh, think that is a great idea that others could learn from? I, I, everything I've seen at Xenia on Global Payments actually has made me feel like it's gone next level on innovation because the way the team works together to understand customers, to understand restaurant operators, and such a history of experience with restaurant operators. And then this deep, deep bench of technical ability. So like the product team and what they're able to do, pulling all those pieces together, but having these deeply thoughtful conversations around, again, keeping that end goal in mind of it does this help their business. And then setting a logical roadmap in place about now, how do we get them there? So being able to have our big thinkers like you, Tama, <laughs> together, keeping our eye on the horizon and all of these people, these experts together to pull all of it into being has to me been uh, just a thrill because that I think that is one of the keys to innovation. You can't just think it. You have to make it happen. And that's what I'm witnessing right now. It's very exciting. 
All right, I'm going to shift a little bit. We are focused primarily in the restaurant industry, which, as you know, is the backbone of America. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting, too, that if you look at industry statistics, women and men enter the industry about the same rate. It's basically 50%. If you think about the entry-level positions in the restaurant industry, 50% filled by women, 50% filled by men. However, only 18% of the C-level positions are filled by women. So why do you think that is? And do you think that that is a problem with the restaurant industry or just overall? Yeah, that is a great question. And unfortunately, it does seem to be fairly pervasive, doesn't it, in so many industries? So it's definitely, I wouldn't fault the restaurant industry for it, but it is, um, it's, a, it's a tricky one because I think that there are so many powerful women, so many brilliant women in so many industries, but in the restaurant industry specifically, I'm just thinking of the ones that I've had the pleasure of working with over the last decade. I'd say some of the strongest people that I've worked with have been those women who, who in so many ways were the ones making it all happen. Those are the people I'm still the closest with today. I think to, back to my network of people in the company that I was just working with and how intensely strong all of those leaders are. And I can admit that there was a frustration even among them sometimes about uh, how to be recognized as leaders sometimes. It's not always seen as um, their role. I think sometimes they're put more into the category of doer than, than thinking leader. And I don't know exactly what that is. All I can say is that working consistently with such strong role model women has almost taken it out of the, I don't see that as an impossible task anymore. So I, even though the ratio still isn't what it should be, I feel like we're moving in that right direction and that the sky is sort of limitless and that nothing should be holding anybody back, anybody, whether it's, you know, gender or race or and anything that makes a person different, nothing should be holding them back from saying, I could be that leader. Why wouldn't I be? Here are my ideas, you know, base it on what you can do in fact and shoot for it. All right. So just thinking about the restaurant industry in particular, uh, why did you choose to to enter into restaurants? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you had a career prior to restaurants and about 10 years ago, you made that change. Can you tell me a little bit about why? Yeah, absolutely. So my my career before this one, <laughs> my, my second act, was um, a lot of marketing and it was a lot of what felt to me intangibles. It was tech, it was tech, it was high tech, and it was more B2B, um, which was a different um, space for me and it felt a little bit more subjective. And when I had the opportunity to get to work with Czar, everything felt so tangible in a really great way. There was more objectivity and more real life examples and more understanding of of the direct impact on a a B2B that was different. We were a business bringing services and solutions to a business, but that business was so personal. Restaurants are so personal. And having, you know, every job I had from 16 up was in the restaurant industry when I was working through college and working through high school. And and, uh, I had the opportunity to work in such a a different variety of types of restaurants from um, inns and fine dining to casual to, you know, I got to run the gambit. So I felt like I had an understanding of what we were talking about when we were talking about how to empower these restaurants. So I think that that 
those that combination of understanding that sort of real world restaurant life and then bringing analytics into the picture. So no longer was it just a marketing subjectivity, which felt to me like subjectivity at that point. Um, it was hard facts. It was data. It was something in your hand that made it real. And to me, that combination was I just it was game changing for me. And I, I absolutely love it. Awesome. All right. Well, let's talk about your role now, Catherine. You have only been with Xenial for what? It feels like six months, but just a few weeks, <laughs> I think right? it's five weeks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you talked a little bit about this at the beginning, but really talk about what grabbed your attention about, and about the role that you're playing here and the overall company. Uh, why did you choose Xenial? So one of the um, things I've really enjoyed doing always is having that connection to a client, to a customer, to an end user to understand their pain points. That's always been my driver. And in a lot of my old roles over the last 10 years, I've worn sort of every hat. I've worn the product developer hat and I've, I've worn the client success hat and I've worn the sales hat and I've worn the, worn the marketing hat. Because my area, and I'm very, very lucky to have been in this situation, but my area was to build my own sort of business within a business and focus on all the pieces that were going to make it successful. And thrilled that it was. It was a wonderful ride. But one of the things that I loved about Xenial was that they have a, I think, better approach to the success of products and business and teams by having support in all of those areas so that you can focus more. So the ability to focus now on talking to those end users, understanding their pain points, finding solutions to solve them, but not necessarily having to go back under the hood myself <laughs> to make that happen because we have such a wealth of people that can do that way better than I can. Um, being able to focus that much more externally on their needs and bring those home to the mothership, you know, bring those into Xenial and into Global Payments and, and explain what we're finding out in the industry and what the problems are. That's what really appealed to me. I feel like I have an even more direct sort of link to solving pain points for restaurant operators than I ever have. So that's really the thing that appealed to me. And then every single time I met a person on this team, I thought, well, the next person can't possibly be as great as this person. But every single conversation I've had now for five weeks, not, not just to mention, you know, the interview process in the first place, I can't believe the people that I'm surrounded by, just super dedicated people who, um, who are excited and motivated and care just as much as I do. And I, I don't know that I've ever been that surrounded by it. It's fantastic. Great. Thank you. Yes, I know the people here at Daniel are great. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about why you chose Xenial uh, as a part of Global Payments? I One of the things that I used to do a lot of is data collection. So we had to go out and amass that data. And we dealt with things like data scarcity and, you know, how do we get ourselves to solve problems? We don't have, we don't have the data. We don't have the data. And we all know data is gold. There's nothing more valuable than data when you're trying to make business decisions. And Xenial has a wealth of data, unlike any other, because of the, the POS data that we've got and so many companies and the history of it and the ability to harness it and use it. So just from a sort of a building blocks perspective or, or what raw material um, is available to, to Xenial to use, I think is, is so 
incredibly <laughs> intoxicating because what we can do with just, just the data we already have is limitless. In this world of immediacy and um, needing to understand, our operators needing to understand where their business is today and if they make a change, what's that going to look like tomorrow? For us to be able to answer those questions for them is is um, a level of support that I think very few others can give. And I think that that was one of the things that really um, makes Xenial stand out. And then also Xenial's understanding that how, how valuable their own data is and how valuable other um, corresponding data or um, complementary data can be too. So things like using social data and, and reviews and ratings to have another layer on top of that data to say, here's what we see in the POS data. But now let's look at what your client, your customers, your guests in your restaurant are actually saying about their experience or bringing in demographic data for our CI, our customer intelligence product. If you don't know who your customers are, in the first place, you know, how can you make business decisions? So just the way this company wraps that value around those transactions over and over again with hard facts and data, uh, I think is a strength that is is unparalleled. Thank you, Catherine. Well, you have been at Xenial again for just a few weeks, but can you tell me a little bit more about what your goals are for your for your new role and what you're hoping to bring to Xenial? Because I have this history of working with data and have been doing that for an, for about a decade, um, I have I'm able to be in a position to help bring life to the uh, customer engagement platform here at Xenial, and especially in moving in the direction of supporting the enterprise clients. So basically, pulling all of those pieces together and helping uh, continue to solve those pain points and and bring that platform more and more and more into the hands of our restaurant operators. So how do you continue to learn in order to stay on top of things within your role? Yeah, I will say that in the last five weeks, it's been really easy because every single day is a learning experience. Every single person I talk to teaches me something I didn't know. I, I say a couple of, I've said a couple of times when I, when I first started at Xenial, I came in thinking, I know, you know, I know my stuff. I feel good. I'm feeling quite confident about this. Um, I'm an expert in my area. I've been doing it for 10 years. And within that first week, I thought, oh my goodness, I, there's so many things I don't know because I learned something from one of these experts every single day. And I'm a, an absolute um, sort of education junkie. I uh, I love webinars. I love conferences. I love reading articles and <laughs> scholarly papers. Uh, I was lucky enough over the last year or so to do some graduate work at Cornell because, again, I am a complete um, academic junkie. I want information. I want to bring that information to what I do every single day and make it better. So that part to me is being really well satisfied right now because I'm surrounded by so many people who know way more than I do. It's great. So what do you think, And you know, thinking of COVID and really in the enterprise space with brands coming out of the pandemic, what do you think are some of the key initiatives or learnings that surprised you in the restaurant space? One of the most fun ones to watch, and you know, there hasn't been a lot of the use of the word fun in the last year and a half, but when 
this industry was asked to change, was asked to move quickly to satisfy a brand new consumer need. The speed at which people moved and how they doggedly almost were determined to make it work was unbelievable. It was so inspiring. It was so exciting to see. Um, I think that that piece of it has always been within the restaurant industry. You know, there's a strength there and a, a sort of an independence of spirit and a we're going to get it done. We're going to make it through this. And I think that that's what carried so many brands through. And I think we're going to see that that immediacy, that, um, well, let's solve it today. Let's, let's not make these two and three year long, you know, trajectories for things. Let's figure out an idea and do it. I think there's going to be more and more immediacy. And that's going to be all the more important to make sure that they've got the information they need in order to make those decisions and make those actions quickly. But I really think that's going to be one of the big legacies of the pandemic on this industry. All right. Well, you were chosen to be on this podcast because you have absolutely been an inspiration to me along my career. So I would love to know who or what inspires you. Oh, wow. That's a tough one. Well, you, Tama, for sure. <laughs> you know, we, as you know, we go way back. <laughs> I can remember when I was um, in much, much more of an analyst role and I could get into weeds really uh, easily because it, that's part of what you do when you're an analyst. You dive down all those rabbit holes and being reminded, okay, I hear that you've been in that rabbit hole and those are, those are great little nuggets you found in there, but now let's bring those up into the world <laughs> and communicate them out. I, I would say for sure you're one of those people that really helped me do that. Um, there's no question that Mike Lukianoff is one of my um, inspirations because he brought me into the restaurant space and analytics in the first place. Uh, and watching his passion for this industry and for technology and for analytics, it, that's very intoxicating. You know, that absolutely pulls you in. Um, people like Janie Strickland and Tracy Brennan, um, other super powerful women in this industry who get it, who just know how to look at things, have a sort of a an approach to our business that is very consumer focused but also backed by data. I think I'd say they both taught me a lot about how not just to look at what you think it is, but look at what it is. So if the data is telling you something and you are you were going another direction, but the data is saying, no, 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 veer left, you really have to pay attention to what that data is saying. You can't always you know, stay on your path. And I, I would say both of them really help me understand how important that is. Well, I have a question that says, if you could turn back time and talk to your 18-year-old self, but really you can because you have your girls. <laughs> so what, but let's just say you or the girls, like if you could turn back the time and talk to yourself, what would you tell you, your younger self? Uh, I would start out with the, the, the big blanket statement of it's all going to be okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then... A whole lot of, I was always a workaholic from the minute I started my first job <laughs> in, a, in a hospital cafe when I was 16. I always, always, always wanted to get it all done. And that's okay. Keep that. But make sure that you're also looking at the bigger picture. You know, keep your direction in mind. Where, where do you want to be floating your boat? You know, what direction is it? And then sort of try to stay focused on that path. Um, don't necessarily just 
do what comes along if it doesn't fit into your plan. But if that is the way it goes, take the pieces that work for you from that opportunity and keep them moving on to the next one. You know, obviously from 18 to now, there have been a lot of different jobs and roles and and life stages. But if you take something out of each one of those and know you're going to put it together into your ultimate plan, every single experience is super, super valuable. But if I could have stayed a little more focused (laughs) in the beginning, um, I think that that would have served me even better. Absolutely. But I do appreciate all of the different items that you're able to bring to the table just because of your complexity and your (laughs) own personal history. And I do think it really does help us to shape the way that we shape the future, uh, having different experiences. But I completely agree with you. I'm very, very much in the same boat when it comes to that. (laughs) If I could just put that art history degree to some (laughs) minus psychology, (laughs) right? Psychology with a uh, criminal justice. There you go. Same thing. <laughs> so. All right. I have some really important questions for you now. Are you ready? Uh-oh. What is the most common myth about your profession or your field that you would like to debunk? Hmm. Um, maybe the analysts don't have a sense of humor or personality. Because oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Uh I've been in that space a long time now, and people would sort of look at me cross-eyed when I'd say I was an analyst, but yes, indeed I was, and (laughs) it is not, you don't have to be a scientist to be a data analyst. You don't have to, it's not about numbers. Math was not my strongest subject in school. I think that some people who are afraid of analysis and afraid of getting into data need to understand that it is just the building block of information. It is not something to be afraid of. It's something that there's, and there's pieces of it and ways to work with data that are so different. So I would say uh, that's probably the one for me. I completely agree with that one. And I think as women that entered the field prior to this, I mean, data has become key or gold to your point earlier. I think that we entered it earlier than most. Uh, and so there there was a person that tended to gravitate towards that. And I completely agree with you on that statement. That's a great one to debunk. All right. What is your best tip for making the world a better place? Be kind. Amen. Just be kind in everything you do, in everything you're doing every day, in the way you interact with people, and even in your, your long term. You just be kind. <laughs> I love it. And you are super kind, Catherine. I appreciate you. <laughs> Again, I want to thank my guest, Katherine Dalton from Xenial for joining us today and helping to continue to inspire me and hopefully our listeners as well. We are looking forward to watching the great things that you continue to innovate and inspire your team to do at Xenial. So I do want to thank our audience for joining us. If you want to reach out to me directly, you can email me at tama.looney at xenial.com. And so that's it for Tama Talks today. Tune in as we continue to feature restaurant professionals who create, inspire, and innovate and are continually pushing others to do the same. Thank you so much, Catherine. Thank you. If you have any questions about what you heard today or would like to suggest a topic or guest for an upcoming episode, we want to hear from you. You can reach us at tablestakes at zenial.com. Tablestakes is produced by Michael Kowalski. Our audio engineer is Joseph Hopp. And I'm your host, Andy Grandstaff.